welcome to Diving In with Josh. I am Josh and this is the wrestling podcast that is not about wrestling but about pro wrestling fans. And today we are going to look at the world that is the internet, the online presence that um, one starts and one kind of has an idea of what they want out of this online world and the kind of perception that the online world is. And I have two guests today on, on Diving In. First up, we have a returning guest. Um, she has been here before. One, the queen of any queen. You are back here on Diving In um, with a very different topic. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Joshi. Hi, everyone. Um, thank you so much for having me back. I'm like honored to be returning. And yeah, a little bit of a different topic. <laughs> yeah, just a, just a bit. If if anyone hasn't just, a bit. just uh, caught Queen's episode here on Diving In, um, it was. Her life in the theatre, I do uh, invite you to go back and, and listen to it. It was a very fun chat. Um, but we don't just have Queen here today. I have two guests here today and um, a person who's never been on Diving In. Um, Conrad Cushman, my main man. How are you doing today? Josh, I am doing wonderful. I am also going to co-sign on your episode with Queen. I thought it was hashtag tremendous. Wow! That. Thanks, pal. <laughs> um, Conrad's never been here. It was it was it was just a matter of time before Conrad was going to be here and diving in. And I I knew I I you were the first person that came to my brain when I had this idea because you kind of uh we'll get into it, but you are kind of you have a few different different ventures online. So um, that's what we're going to kind of talk about today, though, is, is the kind of online world. And before we even get into kind of our journeys to starting even in podcasting and, and um, just tweeting and all this kind of stuff, um, Queen, I'll start with you. Um, what is your perception, even not knowing what you know now and being involved in the wrestling community, what is your percep- perception of the online world just in general? Does it kind of frighten you where it is in this day and age? <laughs> Um, yes and no, right? Uh, I say no because I feel like most of the time I can control at least my involvement and what I choose to participate in. So, like, it doesn't frighten me because I'm inserting myself in certain areas or not inserting myself in certain areas. But in general, when I look at the world of (laughs) online-ness, it's so powerful and with you know, it sounds so corny, but it's true. With great power comes great responsibility. And literally everything is at the touch of a button or a swipe of a screen or a speak to text. You know, it, yeah. it, there's so much out there. And, and in some ways, it's a beautiful thing. You know, we're more interconnected than ever. I wouldn't have met you, for example, if it didn't exist, I wouldn't be able to order an Amazon package and have it there the next day for stuff yeah. I need. You know, like there's things that it gives, right, in a world that's so interconnected and that's cool. But in the same token, it, it breeds a lot of negativity and a lot of uh, sad things to see. Yeah. So, so in, in that way, it scares me. Uh, it scares me how people can get into your life uh, so much easier, I think, than they could 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you know? Yeah. So, yes and no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And what about you, Conrad? What's your perception of just the internet in general um, in 2019? 
Oh, man. I'm going to have to echo exactly what Queen said as far as there are great things about it, things that I love, and then there are the, uh, I kind of wish that I didn't have the internet. Uh, I'm a little bit older here, folks, so I can remember a time when there really wasn't internet or it was minimal. Uh, when they used to send those little AOL discs, and I didn't have a computer, I'm like, what's this for? And uh, Oh, my God. Conrad, like, oh. you're giving me life right now. It's <laughs> giving so, me life. So accurate. Yeah, so I'm super, super old sometimes when it comes to it. But um, once I got a computer, the internet, it was so cool not to have to look up and do, like, elementary school papers via reading a book or having an encyclopedia set. You didn't need any of that stuff because you could just – with the click of a mouse, find anything you wanted. Um, then you eventually found chat rooms, people to talk to, talk about discussions and certain things you like, whether it's pro wrestling, sports, uh, video games, just to talk to people in your area. And that stuff can be good, but it can also be bad. And Queen brought up some of the bad stuff. I mean, we know about school shootings and stuff just from swiping your phone down and all of a sudden you're like whoa what's going on now with this and it's all over your feet and you can't get away from it even if you don't want to see it it's happening live in front of you and then you've got people on one side criticizing things you've got people filming doing awful things to people and it's just ridiculous sometimes you don't want to see that stuff but i also want to say how it's taken away from the social aspect Mm -hmm. now i'm very big on your career, your corporate life, and everything else, sometimes people need to learn how to speak to the person in front of them. Can you hold a conversation with someone without having your phone out, without sending a text message, a tweet, um, a Facebook post, whatever, MySpace Top 8, whatever you want to put in there. Told you I'm old. (laughs) But can you have that conversation with somebody and just genuinely, you know, look at them and just say, yeah, I feel you, man. I understand that. Can you have that? Can you look at someone? Can you read body language? I think people are missing a lot of that because of the internet. Yeah, there seems to be a lack of um, just person-to-person connecting. It seems to be everyone's so accessible just via your phone that it almost takes away the appeal almost of talking to someone in person. It's like, why talk to someone? I can just text them and find out the answer You know, when I want to find out the answer, not wait till I have to see this person. Um Queen, just to kind of go off what Conrad's kind of saying, um, is that the world we live in now? Is it just people just would prefer just to talk on the phone than talk to someone in person? I think with the younger generation that's coming up, I think that's more increasingly obvious. Um, You know, they're the first generation really where everything is literally in their hand, you know, uh, I too am the older (laughs) on this podcast. (laughs) And, uh, you know, I had shared with you, Josh, on the theater episode of Diving In that I'm so thankful that texting and Instagram and Facebook, I mean, it was a thing, but it wasn't a thing. Yeah. When I was in college and high school, I mean, the shit that I did, please, no way. (laughs) And the shit my friends did, I would never want that online. But these kids that I see, you know, you know, my friend's siblings or my, you know, friend's kids even. It's it's odd yeah. to have to see the parents say, okay, your phone has to go away for dinner time now. We have to, like, 
have some social interaction or, you know, parents constantly reminding their kids to get off their phone when they're in a public place or at like a family party and stuff like that. It's very interesting to see the difference. Like I can remember when I was growing up in 13 to seeing 13 year olds now, they, they are lacking a little bit of social interaction and the understanding of how to approach somebody. A lot of their life is so instantaneous and their social you know, interactions, uh, they would like to be the same way, the, the ones that are in person, yeah. as opposed to on their screen, you know, the, the, the social cues and norms that you get from putting this electronic device down and interacting with other humans, uh, even animals, it, you know, it's yeah. like, they don't have that, they would rather take a picture of their dog and send it to Instagram, you know, because they're playing with their dog. And, oh, look, I'm walking my dog. I'm going to tell all of my friends about it. You know, it's very interesting to see. Yeah, because I'm of the generation, I guess, where it kind of really was a thing, like Snapchat, Instagram. I kind of grew up in a time where I had that all... I guess my generation is the first generation to really do that as a kid that's true yeah so like you're talking about like taking a snapchat or taking an instagram of your dog or whatever it may be i'm in that generation it's in installed within me almost just to go oh i need to tell people what i'm doing because it's just what i've kind of grown up with i didn't have it as like an eight-year-old kid i see eight-year-old nine-year-old kids now with a phone i didn't have that it wasn't it was a i was a little bit older than that but through you know into high school and stuff like that that was everything you, you know mm-hmm. going to a classroom and you couldn't have your phone for an hour it was like how can i sneak my phone in so i can you know text my friend or go on facebook or, or whatever it may be um conrad um you, like like you, you you said you haven't you didn't really grow up in that time does that kind of does that does that affect you in any way this kind of do you see people and just go, why are you doing that? Why are you Instagramming and Snapchatting everything you do? Listen, the number one thing that irks me sometimes on anything on social media is when people take a picture of their food. I'm just like, listen, I'm not about to eat this. Why do I need to see this? And and maybe it's just me being a jerk. I'm just like, dude, I don't care. <laughs> and then I, I'll just scroll past it. I'm like, you know, if it looks nice or something that I would try, I'm like, oh, okay, not bad, whatever. But I don't need to see your food. Take a picture with your family. That's cool. I like stuff like that. But certain things, I don't need to hear it. Or when someone goes on a long rant about what happened at Kmart or something, I'm like, okay, dude, I get it. You want attention? Send it to Kmart directly. Like, write a letter to them, and I'm pretty sure you're going to get the same results that you are by posting it on Facebook. I don't know. I I feel like it's like an instant gratification thing or having people like it. Um, Actually, I wanted to bring up something really weird. I don't know if you guys are familiar with – Simon Sinek, uh, I hope I said his name right. He does a lot of leadership like videos. He writes books. Um, he's from Britain. And he talks about the different generations and how hard it is to interact with them. As a business leader, he works with a lot of these like younger kids. And it's so crazy when he was talking about like, I asked this kid, well, what do you want to do in this company? Because he's tired of his position and he's been here for a year and a half. And he's like, I want to make an impact. And he's like, what does that mean? And a lot of these kids don't know because they want stuff instantly. And even myself, I find myself in that same position to where I'm like, why didn't they pick me? I've done everything right. 
and it just doesn't make sense. And it's because of these cell phones. And he talks about the dopamine effect that it has on your brain when someone likes your post. You you start to crave it. You want it more and more. And I'm sure as people who do wrestling podcasts, as all three of us, you want to see those retweets go up. Yeah. It makes you feel good to see those mm-hmm. retweets go up. Yeah. It hurts your soul when you work very hard on an episode you see one retweet. But a bunch of people looked at it and you're like, oh, nobody's retweeting my stuff. Nobody's liking it. Yeah. Do they not like me? Is there a problem? And you have to remind yourself constantly like, no, it's not me. It's something else going on. And I try to tell myself this, but it's hard. And it's exactly what Simon brings up um, on YouTube videos and stuff. And I encourage both of you guys and everybody listening to check him out after you listen to this podcast. Um, Very interesting stuff. You'll be sitting there probably for a few minutes listening to him, but really good stuff to uh, think about for future generations. Talking about things like someone's mom getting them placed on the football team. We all know that stuff happens. Or getting their kid put in honors classes, even though he really shouldn't be in honors classes. Mm. Yeah, People's parents have given these children so many things that they can't live without them. They can't live without their phone. They can't interact. It it all combines into one big thing. And I know I'm going off topic a little bit yeah, with it. Yeah, go for it. But, but yeah, it's it all just comes back to your experiences are going to make you who you are. And that's the same in the online world. Yeah, no, I agree completely. It is, it is, I think we kind of, at least I know everyone my age and everyone kind of around me, we all want things now. We never want to wait for anything. I think social media, the internet kind of has prepped us to be like that because we want something, we just look it up. We order it on on eBay or Amazon or whatever it may be and it's here the next day, it's here in two days. So we have no patience for anything like I, this is, this is an online shopping has become like a big thing. And like, I can't remember the last time I actually went into like a clothing store and bought clothes. I buy clothes. Everything's online. Um, it is just a very, you know, we want it now kind of world and we have no patience. Do you think, you know, this is kind of, I kind of like the fact that we're kind of from different generations and Queen, do you think that that kind of mentality of we want it now has rubbed off onto older generations, even older than you guys and older and older? Uh, <laughs> I think it's definitely rubbed off on the generation I'm in. Yeah. For sure. Uh, we got this technology and we were like, yo, this is great. And then all of a sudden we dove into that. You know, I just, I see it with a lot of people that I'm friendly with, acquaintances with and friends with even you know, close friends. And it's, it's interesting to see. And I feel like as I'm getting older, it's less and less, Yeah. but I feel like in my twenties, it was a big time, like big, big time. Yeah. Um, you know, cause everything started to explode around that time. Um, it was just like, you know, 10 years ago, I was 22. So it was emerging. <laughs> I would say, like, <laughs> say it like that. And then all throughout my 20s, it was, you know, things were changing and, and moving and everybody's involved in that and Instagram and, you know, we had a Snapchat our night out. Like, it, it's rampant. Yeah. And it just wasn't something that was available to us as kids. And we were like, whoa, what is this thing? You know yeah. what I mean? And then some people like, to use a pun, dove in pretty <laughs> heavily, right? And other people I feel like didn't. What also is funny is to watch my parents' generation and Facebook. 
I'm yeah. not on Facebook, full disclosure. I got rid of it two months ago, and it was the best thing that I ever did. Just going to say that right now. <laughs> and secondly, um, watching my parents' generation on Facebook is a fucking shit show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. These, they are like word vomit, like yeah. all over the place constantly. It's fascinating to me. Like, what a psychology experiment. I don't know. That's just my observation. Yeah. No, it is. Parents on Facebook. My nana, a couple of months ago, asked me if she could sign up for Facebook. I was like, no, I'm not showing you how to do that <laughs> at all. You're not getting on Facebook. It's not happening. No, nana. Yes, no. Um, but it is weird, though, like when... Oh my God. My mom refuses to have Facebook. She's like, I don't know how to, my mom doesn't know. She literally thought you bought stuff off of like straight off of Google. You didn't have to go to another site. She was like, does it just take money out of your bank account? I'm like, what? I'm like, you have to, do you have a card? Like, do you have like a PayPal account? She's like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, my mom is just like technology, just dumb. Like she just doesn't know how to use a computer properly. Um, but to your point, it is very much, let's like, and to kind of go off of this question for both of you guys, um, where did the online kind of social media journey start for you guys? Was it was Facebook the first one? It seems like Facebook's everyone's first kind of social media platform, maybe MySpace um, or whatever it may be. Conrad, to start with you, where did it all kind of begin with social media for you? Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> I'm... I'm... I had so much I wanted to say, even off of what Queen said about oh, go, parents go being ahead. on Facebook. Go ahead. <laughs> no, no, this is all going to roll into one kind of with it. So let me just say this. My mom's on Facebook, right? And she I, is like one of the most, she's one of the first people to get something new for technology, but doesn't know how to use it. Ah. So then she calls me up and it's the most frustrating thing to be in there. And I'm like, why did you buy this Apple watch and you don't know how to use it at all? And she was like, I had to have it. I wanted it. And it's just like, okay, whatever. And she's on Facebook. Now, she just started a Facebook group for her and her friends to discuss stuff. And it's so weird just to have my mom in the group like, why didn't you like my post? And I'm like, I'm at work. What do you mean? Why didn't I like your post? You think I'm just looking at Facebook while I'm doing all this all the time? And she's just like, oh, well, when you get a chance, make sure you like all my posts. And I'm like... (laughs) <laughs> All right. And it's just so like awkward. And then my dad is the exact opposite. My dad is a nice, nice old dude, but this dude doesn't know how to text message even. So it's crazy. <laughs> uh, and, and I'm from the generation where, Josh, you talked about ordering stuff um, from Amazon and stuff. I remember looking up stuff in brand names catalogs, writing down the numbers like, oh, I want this hockey net one day for Christmas. Let me write Whoa. this down. <laughs> yes. Sears catalogs. You are not speaking my language right now. (laughs) Dude, dude, when we used to text message on the phones, Queen could probably remember this, I think. I hope I'm not that old. To where you had to press three buttons to get letters. So we used to be able to not look at our phones and text and know how many buttons to press. So it'd be like, one, two, three, that's a C. The next one, O. And and I'm just writing my name, and I'm like, I can do it without looking at it. And I knew how many taps of the button versus today. I had a Motorola Motorola Razor. I know what you're talking about. (laughs) Ooh. Wow! Yeah. Did you have the chocolate? Did you have the chocolate? No, I didn't have the chocolate phone. I, that was my dream, though. I was like, oh, the chocolate phone. <laughs> Listen, oh I knew I was the coolest kid around when I was the first person to have a cell phone that had 
blue light on it oh. and i had a panda that like moved and it yes. barely moved its feet it looked horrible and everyone was like yo your phone's so sweet dude let me see it i'm like can't make any phone calls till after six so <laughs> chill out on me do here you remember when you couldn't do it after nine conrad do you remember that oh my, yes dude we, it's so bad we couldn't we had to wait till 9 p.m to make phone calls because after nine it was free Oh, yeah, yep. I know. I remember that to a certain degree. <laughs> it was only for a few and years. And our internet <laughs> dialed into the landline phones. Oh, no, that, I remember I... that. That was the worst because if someone rang, the so internet weird. would cut out. <laughs> that's that, right. That's, that's, when you, that's where I got my late night lover voice for the podcast because of all those late night phone calls I had to make. Like, hey, what you doing, girl? It's 9.02. Uh, <laughs> we can talk for a little bit now. <laughs> but um, back to what I was saying, though. Um, it, I believe for me it all started on Facebook um, when I was a graduate. I had to be a senior, I want to say. So when I first got Facebook, you had to have a college ID or not an ID, college email address, excuse me. Mm-hmm. So there were no my mom, dad, and all these people on Facebook nowadays like a lot of people have it. You didn't have that stuff. This was you had to put in the school email address and then you were allowed to go on. So I was on Facebook in 05. I just looked it up recently. So everybody who's friends with me, I have all my friends from high school that are still friends with me. And it's kind of weird to watch how everybody's like grown up and completely different. And we weren't posting all these pictures of ourselves. And sometimes you read the old, um, I forgot what they're called. They call like the flashbacks where they post something you posted like nine years ago. And it's like Conrad Cushman. And I'm like, is at work right now um, writing, doing homework for one of the toughest papers I've ever had to do. And I'm like, this doesn't even make sense anymore. I need to delete this. And I'm just, <laughs> I just go through and scrub it. Um, the first cool one to me, though, was MySpace. And I don't want to get too deep into it, but MySpace I actually used for music. And during that time, I had a personal MySpace page. And I thought it was cool that you could have the top eight, design your background. You come to my page, you hear the T-Pain, let me buy you a drink song. Oh, one my, of my man. Own songs. Yeah, and I'm in there just jamming. I'm like, this is so much cooler than Facebook. Little did I know, right? So, (laughs) and I would have my own music page, and I used it often to promote my rap group at the time with my best friend Derek, who you'll see sometimes in my videos. Um, I don't think he's been on the podcast yet, but you'll see him in videos and stuff. And we used to rap together, and we used MySpace for that. So, I don't know. Social media just kind of like took on a life of its own in the beginning with it. Um, you just used it to have it to stay in contact with friends originally. Yeah, so um, yes. just to uh, <laughs> put things in perspective, in 2005, I was 10. <laughs> I was I was graduating high school. <laughs> I never Am I ever... older than you, Conrad? Uh, I graduated in 04. Oh, fuck. Oh, oh yes! I'm not the oldest. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> All right, we're discovering Shit. here on Diving In. That's what I kind of like. Um, <laughs> yes, but in 2005, I was in fact 10. I never had a MySpace account. Um, if someone would like to, Queen, maybe, Conrad, whoever, um, please explain to me what exactly MySpace is. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay, well. Queen, Queen take it. <laughs> so, okay. Let me try to do this in a way without you being able to see it. So... You know how Facebook has the uh, like the feed, right? Yeah. And you had a your wall. Yeah. 
Okay. So they had parts where you could put comments and stuff and talk back and forth to people. Yeah. But on the left-hand side, you could put your profile picture. Yeah. Little info about yourself. There are many options. Okay. Age, gender, relationship status. Before Facebook got all crazy with like, it's complicated. Uh, MySpace had all sorts of options for you <laughs> for your relationship status. And then it had also, like Conrad mentioned, you could put a song up there. So when people visited your page, the music would play. Now uh-huh. you could either set it to automatically play or they would have to click it. It depended on your preference. Uh, mine always played. Um, and I changed it by my mood. So some days it would be some like hardcore rap thing. And other days it would be like, Coheed and Cambria or Avenged Sevenfold metal music. <laughs> so depending on my mood, but it always changed. And then your top eight changed, right? And there was so much drama with top eight. So like, you know how, I don't know if you remember this, Josh, but when Facebook started, um, they came up with something similar to the top eight where you could have like your kind of favorites, if you will. Like, the, and they were like little square boxes and you could see everybody's profile picture. Oh, they kind of so. have it now. Yeah. yeah. But it looks way different now than it used to. So yeah. Im- imagine that, but in your top eight on this left-hand side of your profile, and you could d- click and drag and move who you wanted to be first oh. on your top eight, oh. right? So it was like your best friend, or if you were in a li- relationship, your significant other, and like your other friends, or maybe a page you wanted to promote. But there was mad fucking drama on a top eight. <laughs> Let me tell you, it was real, because you moved that top eight, oh shit. Something was going down. People knew you lost friends. People knew drama was happening. Um, And they also had a blog aspect. So you could blog on your MySpace, too. So it was very versatile. But like Conrad mentioned, it was really like a music thing. A lot of very famous artists had MySpace pages, so you could check out all their shit. (laughs) And they had all of their songs listed. And um I think photographs too, Conrad, if I'm not mistaken. That started to become a thing. Big time pic- you know, photos of their festivals or whatever. That was huge. Um, and you could change the layout. You could change. I mean, there was like, I always think about it as, you know, for me, like Conrad, when uh, Facebook started, it was your college email and there was only a certain select amount of colleges. Um, you know, the famous colleges went first because that was the plan. Yeah. The uh, And then it trickled down from there. But I had it in 2005 and I had it for 14 years. And what an evolution. But I always thought MySpace was cooler, personally. It had more features and it had more content where Facebook, I felt, was like, I mean, this is cool because I could, like, talk to people that went to different schools than me. Right. That's cool. But I could do that on MySpace already. So, like, I didn't really get it. Yeah, but my comrades said, "Little did we know, <laughs> it was all going down in fucking flames." <laughs> MySpace was like the customization for Facebook, if you think about it like that, Josh. Like you could make your background whatever color. Like if my shirt, I think I have like one time I had a Mario Brothers shirt on, and it was like Mario snatching cash out the air. I'm a hip hop fan, so you can make fun of me for wearing my six X t shirts back then. Um, and he's yeah. snatching like cash out the air, and you would change your background to green, and then you would put like a song. About money at the same time because it just fits the profile, and you just thought everything was cool. But the problem with MySpace was they never really knew how to generate money. You had the interaction with your friends, but they never had the money aspect down because a lot of these artists ended up becoming found, like Sean Kingston and several others were found on MySpace. But Facebook, what they were doing was anything you liked, they would put ads, kind of like Google ads on the side, and they would market it towards. 
true. And that's where the money was because uh, we learned this in class one time. This guy came in. I remember I was probably, oh, I want to say a sophomore in college. And he came in and he was teaching us about social media and stuff. And he was like, well, what do you guys know about this if you're looking at this right now? And I'm like, well, I can tell that you're single. And he was like, how do you know that? And I was like, well, on the side there, it's asking if you want to date these kind of people. And then he was like, good point. You're smart. He was like, let's turn this off. Lesson done for the day. And the dude was finished with us talking about social media because he was like, you guys know way too much about this. And it's weird how social media knows who your favorite sports teams are, yeah. what you're mm-hmm. in. It's kind of creepy, to be honest. Yeah, no a little joke. stalkerish. When you go on Instagram and like you're talking about something and then all of a sudden there's an ad for that and you're like, how did you know that I was even just thinking about that? I feel like you think about it and it's on your Instagram or on your Facebook. Um, so you guys had MySpace, Facebook, as you were kind of, you know, coming into adulthood, I guess you could say. Um, <laughs> uh, like, what kind of, was it just the social aspect that kind of drew you in? I guess that's what kind of drew you guys in, but what kind of kept you, and was it just the evolution of uh, of social media in general that just kind of attracted you to it all? Um, Conrad, start with you. What... We understand what got you to MySpace, what got you to Facebook, what kept you there? Um, I think with MySpace, what kept me there for as long as it did was the music aspect. Yeah. Uh, releasing uh, my first mixtape, uh, a lot of people wanted it. I did a lot of marketing for it. There was a lot of work that went into it. So that's what kept me into MySpace. I think Facebook was more of um, FOMO, fear of missing out. Yep. And it turned into man, I wonder what my friends from high school are doing now. And even to this day, sometimes, you know, you wonder about like, oh, I wonder how my ex is doing. Or I wonder how my buddy who used to sit across from me at the lunch table is doing. And you see that they have kids and stuff. And sometimes you just want to message them and say, hey, I know it's your birthday, man. Haven't talked to you in a long time. Hope everything's all good. You know, you keep a small talk here and there, but you don't want to miss out on just speaking to your friends or if somebody needs you. That That's what did it for me. Yeah, and Queen, what kind of um, kept you on Facebook, MySpace, whatever it may be as we evolve into like Instagram and Snapchat and stuff like that? Is it just the social aspect or is it is it more so now just because everyone else is on it, you're on it too? I think it was because it was a little bit of the OG factor, right? Yeah. When it came out, we were some of the first colleges to have it. So it was one of those things where... It was really interesting to watch its evolution. And then I agree with Conrad. A lot of it is FOMO, um, especially as it started to grow, I'd say, throughout. I mean, I had it when I was a freshman in college. You know, obviously, it's when it started. And then, you know, all four years of my college were on that thing, you know. And there were so many pictures and so many memories. And then I was leaving these people. I went to college out of state. I came home. You know, it was an awesome way to stay in touch. My theater professors, my history professors, other people. I mean, I had their email and cell phone numbers, too. But the ease of access uh, was very uh, uh, attractive. So that was definitely a reason. And then as it progressed, I'd say from like 2008 to now, it's, it's gotten so different. And it's thinking about it in college it's so not what it is now it's weird um i actually didn't want to get rid of it because of all of the memories but once they really kind of fine-tune that deactivation part it's a little less scary you know you could be like all right i'm i'm done right so i did that a couple of times but then i realized like everybody who i want's in my phone everybody who i want i know where they live 
right? Yeah. So I don't really need this anymore. I took the pictures that I wanted and I deleted, deleted. Like it's gone. Well, yeah. not really gone, but you know what I mean. It's gone from my life, right? Yeah. It's not so, needed anymore. <laughs> it's not needed. Well, that's the thing, right? I feel like Facebook in the past mm, five to seven years for me, like it's there, but it wasn't my go-to social media. Yeah. So, but it kept me there because of the fact that I've had it for so long. And like, you know, I found my kindergarten teacher. Like, that's crazy. You know, (laughs) she's like in Oregon now. I never would have known that, you know. So there's things that had kept me there for a long time. Um, But yeah, I I think now it's a totally different scenario with me. Facebook to me is a dying brand. I'm not saying Mm -hmm. it's going to go away and, you know, it will probably be there for forever. But it is a dying brand. I, I know, for, at least for the group and circle that I'm in, um, I'm, what, 23, um, our kind of core, it's not our number one. Pro- Facebook is not what we have first. Facebook is not what everyone, you can find. Every, it's, it's Snapchat. It's Instagram. It's, it's other things. So Facebook to me is, I don't think Facebook, and I can't say this as much as you guys can, but I feel like Facebook in its original form is nowhere near what it is now. Facebook isn't to me about the social aspect. There's so much else going on on Facebook. I mean, Facebook has TV on it and stuff. You know what I mean? Like Facebook is not just what it was originally set out to be. I feel like Instagram and Snapchat and and Twitter, I feel like they're still at its core of what they're originally intended for. Facebook isn't. Um, Conrad, what is your opinion on just the overall look of Facebook now? Um, I've Facebook feels like a gimmick in my opinion. Um, it feels like they want, they're promoting groups right now. And you guys know, I have a group for everything pro wrestling and they want all these people to start up all these groups. And I don't know, man, it just doesn't feel right. There's always somebody trying to sell you something on Facebook. There's always someone spamming something on Facebook that you don't want or they're they're in there and you can't tell if they're a bot or not, but they repeat the same thing every time. And I'm like, dude, kick this dude out the group right now because he keeps saying, hello, my friend. How are you today? Do you want to know how to make $100 really quick? And it's like, oh, God, I don't want to see this. So I think I think Facebook has lost it for me personally. I think that Twitter is kind of my go to. It's I don't have to read a long rant. I don't have to. see it in my face in front of me you only have so many characters which is one of the better things i know people are always like give me more characters on twitter nothing is better than to just scroll by something and just say you know what no not today i'm not feeding into this garbage because it's usually the same people with the same over dramatized problems that you're just like oh so tired of it even with the videos and the the stories i don't even know how that works to be honest the stories i'm like Am I supposed to continue watching this? Is there like something in the end or I don't know. I just think that Facebook has turned into a stock similar to um, any other business. And their main thing is how to make money, Yeah, make money off of you and how we can stream media or whatever, whatever they want to become. I think they want to become like the all media site yeah. where people post, watch a television show together um, talk within groups and Facebook's the place where you want to be and they want the entire world on it. Yeah. Queen, if you were to put your business glasses on right now, can you blame Facebook for turning into this kind of, for going down this path of the business kind of making money side? No, 
no. I mean, listen, they're a company. Any company's main goal should be profit. <laughs> That's uh, if you want to be a business, you're going to need to figure out how to be a sustainable business. That's one of the number one things that you learn <laughs> in any type of business class. Yeah. How are you going to make money? And how are you going to sustain that money? Right? Yeah. Because anybody can make quick money. But how is it going to last? What's the longevity? What is your plan? What is your vision? What is your structure? Right? Yeah. Um, Facebook's done that too. We can't it, it, really argue. Yeah. It's making money all the time. It does make money all the time. And a lot of that shit came a couple years ago. I don't know how many years ago now, but those freaking farm games, like oh that made God. them an enormous amount Farmville. of money. And it blew my mind. Yeah, I got to harvest my strawberries. I got to harvest my strawberries. <laughs> I would see people playing this and I would be like, wait, what is happening? I didn't understand it. But Dude, I was the first person to ignore those. I still I to this day probably have an inbox full of them. I'm like, nope. I hate it. I, I love hate it. I used to. Before school, school, I used to have to check my check my farm and make sure everything's going well. I'm like, I can't plant anything now because I'm at school for the next seven hours, so I can't (laughs) plant anything because then it will die while I'm at school. So I gotta wait till I get home from school. And the first thing I would do, I'm not even kidding, I wouldn't even use the bathroom first. Like I could be busting to go take a pee, and I'm like, no, I gotta check my strawberries to make sure they're not dead. I gotta turn on my laptop and do this. (laughs) Oh, I was that person. At like 14, 15 years old. But now, like, yeah. who plays Farmville on those games? Well, people probably still do. But it's, wait, are they still a thing on Facebook? I guess they are. I, I have no idea. I, I, I just was trying, I don't know. I just tried to ignore it as much as possible. So I wouldn't know if it's there or not. <laughs> but I just think the weird thing is like, you know, yeah, I, I can't blame them for wanting to make money. I mean, I, I get that. I just feel like, you know, everything in life has phases and I feel yeah. like this is phasing out. And that and it's I think it's okay to bow out, you know? Sometimes yeah. it's like, yo, look, we did this thing. It changed the world, which it did. It changed the social media world without a shadow of a doubt. If you argue that, I don't know what to tell you. Like read a book, watch a show, do something. I don't know. It it revolutionized the way that we talk to each other for good or for ill, you know? Yeah. But <sighs> I'm like done with it. I don't know. No, I'm I get done. that. I, I've had many times where I'm like, do I need this? It's not, it used to be the thing I would, you know, when you wake up and you own your phone, um, sure. that'd be the first thing that you check is Facebook. It's not anymore. It's, it's everything else before Facebook. It's Facebook when I get to it because who talks, yeah. no one talks. If you need to talk to me, Facebook's not the first place you're going to find me. You know what I mean? I'll so, find you on Twitter. It's where you find me. <laughs> Twitter or, or yeah. whatever it may be. So, um, when you think about Twitter, I know for me, when Twitter, like the, the idea, f- and this is probably the complete wrong idea of Twitter, but when I first got Twitter years and years ago, the, the appeal to me was, I can see what celebrities are doing. <laughs> that was the appeal. Yep. It was, I want to follow whoever it may be. Um, and, and wrestling was a big appeal of it. I'm like, wrestlers are starting to get Twitter. I need to know what they're, what they're tweeting. So that was the appeal. It was never really to use Twitter to talk to people. It was just literally to follow celebrities and, and, and do that. Um, Conrad, your, what was your opinion of Twitter? Did you have Twitter like for, from its infancy? Did you kind of watch Twitter grow? What was your opinion on Twitter? Um, I watch Twitter grow. See, I'm very weird when it comes to the newer things. So after Facebook and MySpace... My investment was kind of killed into social media a little bit. And I met, I met everything with a, a kind of um, 
what's the business aspect of this? Because I'm going to college and I think everything's a business move. And yeah. how how is this guy trying to rip me off for some money or whatever? There's always a money aspect. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's the way I think. Oh no. But when um when you looked at Twitter, I kind of was in the same boat as you. It was more so for the interaction between, I guess like wrestlers and celebrities and sports teams that you liked and then it once i got onto it i was like oh this is pretty cool i get to decide like what news i'm gonna see all the time so i don't have to see something annoying i could just say i want to hear about my favorite football team buffalo bills and i want to see about wwe superstars like i don't follow every wwe superstar on there i followed the ones that i liked or people that were going to a different company that left the company i'm like oh i want to keep up with Kurt Angle right now, so let me see what he's doing. Yeah, and that was the kind of appeal of Twitter to me. Queen, did you have Twitter from when it was kind of a baby, or did you, like us, look at it from the outside before you attempted to join it? You know, what was so funny is I looked at it the other day. I joined in 2009. I don't even remember. (laughs) I don't even remember signing up for it, to be honest with you. I just remember I did it, and I barely used it, other than to say as uh, the same as Conrad said. I would follow certain people. I'd see what I wanted to see, which is what I really like about Twitter. If I don't yep. like to see it, I don't have to see it. That's yep. fucking great. Yep. So um, it was like that. And I followed celebrities or I'd follow you know, TV shows once they started to do that. And, of course, wrestlers. And um, anything like that that could hold my interest. But to be honest with you, I, it was barely used in those first few years. For yeah, like uh, any like nothing from me personally, I like I would go and look at stuff, but I didn't post anything. I didn't say anything. Uh, I had Facebook for that at that time, so it didn't really make sense for me to do that. And a lot of my friends didn't have Twitter, so it was just my outlet for other things that I enjoyed. Yeah, it almost seemed, and I don't mean this in a um, disrespectful way to celebrities or anything like that, but it almost seemed like it wasn't for like people you knew like real people it seemed like it was for the right. the unattainable that people you'll never talk to in your life kind of people and that's what twitter was to me um but as we kind of journey through to your 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 guys paths with twitter and into like the wrestling world and the podcasting world um do you guys remember when it all kind of started and you're like in the zone of like, okay, I can use Twitter to interact with other fans because it, I don't even know how it started for me. It was just more so I didn't really have a following on Twitter. Really, it was very limited, and I was like, how do I get this started to interact with other people that like what I like? Um, Conrad, uh, what was your kind of attempt at this? Because obviously, it's not easy to just. You can't just interact with someone and then all of a sudden you have 3,000 followers. You know what I mean? Yeah. For me, I'm trying to remember. I think it was on my – I just looked it up. I started Twitter in um, 2011, by the way. Farmville has 32 million likes, by the way. Holy Jesus. Yeah. So I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. (laughs) But uh, back to Twitter, though. So I had my personal one. I started it, I guess, around 2011. And I was probably still, like, creeping on there. Like, I had it, but I wasn't posting and I was watching, oh, I can't remember if it was for like 2K14. One of the wrestling video games, yeah. Shawn Michaels popped up in the commercial. And I was like, oh, crap, that's so cool that Shawn Michaels is going to be in. 
at the time, I thought you had to tag everybody in something that you liked that you couldn't just write Shawn Michaels or hashtag Shawn Michaels. I tagged his name in it, and he responded back. And Shawn Michaels is my favorite wrestler of all time. He was like, that's good to know, kid. Thanks. And I was like, holy <laughs> smoke, Shawn Michaels, bro. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, everybody who liked it, like it turned into like a retweet frenzy because it was Shawn Michaels. Yeah. And people, I'm like, who are all these people retweeting me? Then I'm starting to get followers from it. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And they're like, you like wrestling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me too, man. That's dope. And I was just like, oh, all right. And it kind of set off the the light bulb a little bit. It was flickering, I'll say, at that point where I was like, oh, okay. I see how this works a little bit. Yeah, it was very similar to me in the fact that, um, of all people, it was my birthday in like 2012 or 2013. And... At that time, I liked Eve Torres, of all people, and I asked if she would wish me happy birthday, and she did. And then all of a sudden, I had all these followers, and I was like, what? And they're like, okay, yeah, like you, Conrad, you like wrestling, blah, 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 blah. And then it just kind of starts like that. Queen, how did it kind of begin for you with this in this wrestling, weird wrestling world on Twitter? Well, uh, I'll say one thing before I was Queen, and then I'll explain Queen. So... <laughs> Uh, building off of what I said before, it was just to follow wrestlers that I liked. And in 2016, 2017, I got introduced to New Japan Pro Wrestling. And I fell in love with a man named Kenny Omega. And I, I followed him. him. <laughs> I think you've heard of him. I followed him right away. And of course, then followed the Young Bucks and a whole bunch of slew of other people, as you can imagine. And... um I watched almost every single Kenny Omega match I can get my hands on. And I, too, asked him to wish me a happy birthday because (laughs) I was obsessed. And I'm not ashamed to admit that. And that's fine. So (laughs) I did. And he he actually did. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was like. I was like, huh? Right? I'm like, I didn't expect that to happen. And I'm like, this is never going to work. Whatever. Right? Okay. Well, it did. So that was before I was queen. And so my story is kind of weird. (laughs) I was listening to a bunch of wrestling podcasts, JR's, Jericho's, you know, all the main, whatever, all the main ones. And then from there, I just opened, you know, you can open the podcast thing on iTunes and you can see a whole bunch of other suggestions. Right. And I started to, you know, after following all the podcasts I was listening to, just noticing people commenting on things, blah, 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 people suggesting other podcasts to listen to. And that's how I found Smart to Death's podcast. And this was fall 2018. And I started interacting with them and kind of exploring it, right? Yeah. Oh, look, here's all these other cool podcasts. Whoa, this is crazy because they had a you know, a website and they had a Twitter. So I followed them on Twitter and boy, did that open a fucking door, double doors. And I found so many other things. Right. And then I joined their discord. And at this time I was like, all right, I think, I think this is where the light bulb is going to flicker. I found so many other fans. I found people who liked new Japan pro wrestling because nobody in my circle in my, you know, real life, not Twitter life, my actual life. I didn't like they watched WWE, maybe some TNA, like, you know, they, they didn't have an exposure to anything else that I had had exposure to. So this world that was open to me by listening to their podcast and joining their discord, I was like, 
fuck, this is great. I'm going to do it. Right. So in January of 2019, I rebranded. I became the queen. And I had ooh, 250 or less people following me. And, you know, now we're in June and uh, things are a little different. <laughs> just, a, just a little. Small amount. <laughs> what the fuck happened? <laughs> Do you, ever, do you ever think about, though, you do as well, Conrad. I mean, you do other stuff online as well other than podcasting and stuff. But um, do you ever just look at your, like, following or, like, people joining in on whatever or commenting on a podcast and just go, what the fuck? People listen to the shit that I talk? Um, yes. It's <laughs> it's recently started to get weird to me um, since the whole Brain Buster thing. And I don't know if you want me to get into the entirety of the history of how long this has been going Go on. And how we got That's why we're here. It's, it, it's, it's long, though. So this is going to go way back, way back. Um, I was always a big fan of PWR show. <laughs> I'm so old, man. <laughs> That's with uh, <laughs> David Hero, if you guys follow him. Damian Nelson. Um, I was watching when the man they call Meathead was actually the secondary uh, person. He's a WCW guy and Frank and all those guys. Cal Hero, who was an independent wrestler now out in Milwaukee. Shout out to you, Cal. Um, when I was watching them, I absolutely loved them. I won Fan of the Week one time, and I wasn't on Facebook because I was in college, and I missed out getting a free T-shirt. Damien, if you can still get me that free T-shirt, if you happen to listen to this, please. I know you're in like Singapore now or something. Help me out. But I loved them. And one day, they did something that was probably, I don't know if it was a good thing or a fatal error on their part. So wrestling websites used to post news stories. The respectable thing is to give credit to the proper source. The source for the story went back to a website called SE Scoops. This is my favorite news source site now because they're very reliable and everything's really good. So I started going there for my news, and I'd probably say within the first couple weeks in, like, 2007, they said that they're going to have a new podcast. And I'm like, what the heck is a podcast? So I open it up, and it's a monster inside of a box with eyes showing. And I'm like, who is this dude, Jason Solomon? I've never even heard of this. This dude ended up being the Solomon Monster Sounds Off. I don't know if you guys listen to him, but I am one of his probably original OG people. I listened to the very first episode and I'm still listening to the guy today. Uh, Solid Monster, I've met him. He's a great person. And he did podcasting. At the time, I'm in school. Um, I've got three degrees in between all of this. So I was like, that's really cool. I would love to do podcasting. At the same time, as you know, Josh, YouTube is the big thing. Yeah. I ended up getting involved into <laughs> a crazy wrestling-like e-fed. This all started because I played SmackDown vs. Raw 2008, PlayStation 3. Heck yeah. Um, playing SmackDown vs. Raw was my past life queen is probably like this nerd. <laughs> nah, <laughs> played... we good, fam. We good. <laughs> <laughs> so SmackDown vs. Raw was my life on PS2. It was a great game. I always loved it. Well, when I played 08, I was like, man, this game sucks. Sorry, Josh, if you're a fan. <laughs> no, I don't like I, that game. I was I not a fan. Like <laughs> yeah, you like bust guys open and then they're like getting up, hitting themselves in the head with chairs. They're missing yeah. a bunch of people. I'm like, where's Paul London and Brian Kendrick? This sucks. <laughs> so I'm upset and I'm like, dude, I got to find something else to do to make this video game experience better. I went looking for an eFed. So I went, the very first one I joined, they were like, yeah, you just write out what you do in the match and then we post it on here and it's all text. And I'm like, 
oh, dude, this is so lame. And then I just, I was like, I can't do this. I can't. Well, in between me doing it, um, I played online with some friends. These dudes I ended up becoming good friends with, um, DJ, Popo, and Chiefs. All dudes I know on uh, PlayStation. We don't talk as much anymore, but I remember we were all in there one night, and I was like, yeah, I was looking up this E-Fed. It's late at night. I'm in college, and I'm just like, yeah, I couldn't find anything good. They are like, yeah, that sounds pretty cool, though, man. We should look up some. And then eventually I stumbled upon one called NGW. NGW was a great place. In there for about a year. Did all my stuff, and it didn't work out. Me and... DJ and a couple of the other guys figured out how they were doing everything, how they built the site, how they came up with the images, and we all took pieces of it and figured out how to make it work, and we started our own. In the process of starting our own, they came back and said, oh, I can't believe you guys did that, blah, 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 blah. I ended up trying to be Peacemaker, and I ended up combining both groups together. I said, listen, we can make a lot more potential money with this or you know i'm thinking that we could make money with this you can't so because nobody you can play a video game for free but i'm like we can get more people if we all work together they're like cool let's do that boom so we formed something called xgw xgw became the largest sony playstation efed out of like hundreds of them we were the number one one for years and we did it for quite some time up until i think 2k18 And by that point, I was getting too old to argue with people about who cheated in a match. I'm like, listen, bro, I I have a job. So (laughs) let's get to the point. I don't have time for this. And you just got too old for it. But during that time, I would put YouTube videos up. And if you guys ever look up, I'm probably going to say this one time because I don't want everybody to know my PlayStation name. Uh, Animals07, that was my original account. And me and my brother would do videos on how to improve the video game. And I have a video, I can't remember how many views it's at. I know it's over a couple hundred thousand where we were doing videos early on before a bunch of other people were, before there were the Smack Talks and Tony Pizza guys. And we were out there making these discussion type videos about the video game and people were loving them. And I kind of wish now going back that I would have just kept upgrading my camera equipment, kept doing the things, but I didn't have the confidence to appear on camera. And I was just like, nah, man, people are going to make fun of me the way I look. And I didn't want to pop up on camera until years later when I got the bug from Solomonster and podcasting. And like I said, I got on Twitter. I'm interacting with people like Smart to Death. Um, I can't even think. Matt Men. There were a bunch of people on there just talking about pro wrestling. That I swear to you, honestly, everybody that's in that Brainbuster Radio crew, uh, both of you, I heard of all of you guys beforehand. Wow! I just wow. knew of you guys. Whoa. So, yeah, not not to be not to be creepy, what? but you would that's like pop so... up on my feed. So oh I was, I'm God. like, oh, okay. So the guy with the boots is Wrestling Reverb, and I, I'm not saying I knew Josh, but I would just be like, okay, I know who Wrestling Reverb is. Queen was always really popular um, amongst everybody because everybody loves Queen. You know, it should be like a TV show. And I knew I knew who all you guys were. So I'm like, man, I don't think I can measure up to a lot of these other people. And you go through like these highs and lows of your confidence being up, confidence being down. So in like 2016, I started saying like, I'm going to do YouTube. I thought I was going to be a YouTuber YouTube wasn't going so well. People weren't watching my videos. I'm like, man, it used to be way easier to get subscribers. What am I doing wrong? So then I said, 
let's try podcasting. Maybe the audio, maybe I'm ugly and people don't like me and I'm not trying to be funny. Like I was like, maybe people don't like seeing my face. So maybe if I talk, cause I know pro wrestling, I know it better than anybody. I feel like I'll beat people in trivias. Like I'm like, I know my stuff, dude, even outside of WWE. And eventually it just led to me doing podcasting. And I was just like, let me try it out. I met all you guys, and that's how it kind of fell into place for me. It felt like it was all in pieces, but I knew that I wanted to do something like this. Yeah, no, it did. It is very much, it is, it doesn't just, in a sense, and I guess with you, Queen, because you've only been doing solo podcasting for what, a couple of months, really? Three months, if that? How long have you been, how long has Brainbuster been around now? <laughs> However long <laughs> yeah, it's been around, uh... but what, 10 episodes in or something like that? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. For you, it, on, the, on the outside, from my perspective, it seems like it's almost happened overnight. At least <laughs> with you, Queen, because it's been so like, you've just, you've, you are naturally just, and this isn't just going to, I'm not blowing smoke, you are just naturally very good at podcasting. I, I can, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem like it requires, it, it's just in you. From my perspective, anyway. Same with you, Conrad. You have a very natural way, and you know your shit. <laughs> That's what I've always known about Conrad, and what I, I love most about Conrad and, and your stuff is that you know what you're talking about. Um, and with you, Queen, though, it does seem like it's just been very, like, it's probably not, I don't know. Like, it seems very easy and natural for you. When you started podcasting, you weren't a solo podcast. So what, what kind of... How did that begin? How did you... How did you get into <laughs> podcasting, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you very much. And <laughs> second, uh, I always kind of thought that podcasting might be in the realm of possibility for me. Yeah. Not talking about wrestling at all, actually. Uh, some other stuff. Oh. And when I dove into wrestling Twitter back in January... I decided the way that I was going to jump into that was by live tweeting Raw, SmackDown, and pay-per-views. So um, it was Royal Rumble weekend, and it was TakeOver the night before, which is my favorite part of anything. So I started live tweeting my reactions to what I was seeing on the screen. And then I got a message from Pops from DYWTSB. Somehow he found one of my tweets about TakeOver. And he was like, these are hilarious. I've never heard a woman say anything like this before about wrestling. And he's like, are you on a podcast? And I'm like, what? No. <laughs> I just, I'm like, no, not at all. Like, I just, I love wrestling. I was live tweeting and interacting, whatever. And he's like, well, like, DYWTSB is looking for a female perspective. We've been wanting one for a while, but we haven't found the right one. Would you be interested in coming on and, like, we'll kind of see how it goes? Um, by doing the predictions and and post like reactions, I guess if you will, to pay per views. And I was like, all right, like I'll listen to your podcast. Like we'll see if it's good. He's like, yeah, like listen to it, see how how you feel, whatever. I listened and I was like, yeah, dude, like let's do it. And then that next time to talk about whatever pay per view it was, I can't remember now. I think maybe it was Rumble or it was one after that. No, it was Rumble because there was no one after that. What am I talking about? <laughs> I'm tired. Sorry. Um, anyway, so it was after that, they invited me on. So I came on and funnily enough, I had ordered my microphone, which I'm talking on right now. And it had come the day before takeover. And I was 
going to be getting into, and I still am getting into, some voice acting things. So that's why I bought it. And how weird is that? Like, talk about right place, right time. Yeah. It showed up the day before all this went down. And then they invited me on. It started with predictions and reaction shows. And then Pops and Mort were like, nope, we need you full time. And around that time, I had met up with Wilf um, by listening to his show. Uh, I'd started listening to him, you know, previously, obviously. But uh, we started interacting online and he invited me on his show, Five Moves of Doom Draft, which was a fucking blast. It was so much fun. Um, and from there, he was like, I really like what you have to say. You have a voice. I would love you to come on this collective I'm about to do. And I'm like, wait, what is happening right now? <laughs> it was so weird. Because I had only done a few shows with DYWTSB, right? So when Wolf had said that to me, I was like, like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I'm sure. And I was like, no, but like, why? I didn't understand. Because it just was so like out of my realm of what I thought was possible before, yeah. I guess. And then I knew, though, kind of right away when he asked me. And I was like, yeah, I might be interested in this. I knew exactly what my show was going to be right away. It took, it was within like 10 minutes. I wrote down a whole concept and I was done. And I was like, oh, then maybe this should be what I should do, right? If it came to me that easy without even blinking, then let's do it, you know? If yeah. I had struggled with it or felt like, oh, like I don't really know what I want to say, whatever, blah, 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 then I wouldn't have done it. But like I knew what I wanted to do. And because I am a woman who loves wrestling, there aren't a lot of opportunities afforded like in my friends groups or yeah. like out at a sports bar or going to a wrestling show in the past where people have given much credence to what I had to say. You know, it was always, yeah. oh, I'm sure your boyfriend like watches wrestling and he taught you everything you know or, you know, whatever. They couldn't like fathom that like I just watched wrestling because I liked it by myself. Like Mr. Queen has like no interest, you know. Yeah. It's so funny like that. And having the opportunity to start a female-led podcast about wrestling uh, when there are so few of us out there, uh, it's a big deal to me, you know? No, so I get it. That's kind of how it started. I, I get it because, um, you know, I've talked about my sister plenty of times and the fact that she likes wrestling and she ref will not come on the podcast. She goes, I, I can't. I'm like, Why? And she goes, because she goes, anytime I post about wrestling on Twitter, I get hassled. And I'm yeah. like, why? And she's like, because she goes, no one, it's, everyone refers, because, you know, it's in the last like month or two, um, I've been doing more stuff with my sister. You've probably seen me interacting mm -hmm. with her and, and Wilf and stuff like that, at, interacting with my sister on Twitter. And she goes, people hassle me because it's just, oh, you only watch wrestling because Josh. Josh. So right. Josh knows everything. You know nothing. When really that's not the case at all. My sister loves wrestling. She knows just as much as, as me about it. But she just she will not do it. She's like, I'm not doing it. It's just it's it's weird. I don't I can't fully get in that concept because I'm like just to me she's just talking about wrestling. But I understand sure. it. And you saying that kind of just you know kind of sets it in. But it is it is. She's only just started posting. She'll post a wrestling gif every now and again on her account. And she's like I'm only comfortable doing that. I won't do any more. And I do get it. It is weird for, um, but that's a whole different topic for a whole That's a whole day. different conversation. Yeah. yeah. I didn't want to go too far. I just wanted no, no, to give no. you a generalized idea. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But for me, it was, um, 
My story is a little bit different in the fact of when I got started was more so I started nearly a year ago now um, podcasting and it was just basically because I, I live in a smaller town. I didn't really have anyone outside of a couple people to talk about wrestling with and I always had thoughts on wrestling. I'm like, how do I... I only just kind of really started tweeting about wrestling like, you know, on a frequent basis. I was like, I want to get my just some stuff off my chest about wrestling and then I kind of discovered... You know, I was like you, Queen. I was listening to Talkish Jericho and just, you know, the main podcast. And then you start to discover Smart to Death and you start to discover mm-hmm. just other podcasts. And you're like, okay, I think, like, is this something I could do? And I'm like, I don't know if I can do it until I just kind of try. And the same as you. I was like, if I struggle with this, I, I know it's not for me. But I just kind of just was like, I'm just going to talk and let's see what happens. And it was just that for a few months. It was just like, there's not really a lot, not really anyone listening. There was very few people that are like, hey, I listen to your show. And it was like, that's pretty cool that even just one or two people are listening. Um, But I think for me, and I think a lot of people relate to this that kind of listen to Reverb now um, and just are kind of familiar with me, is that it all kind of kicked off when I went on Wilf's show, Fights of the Roundtable. That's when I kind of started to get a lot more traction. People start, I started to get a lot more of a following. Um, that was my kind of, Wilf kind of opened the door for me in that aspect. I'll never, never be able to thank Wilf enough because he, you know, I was pretty unknown before I come onto that mm-hmm. show. And I think, um, I don't know if that's where the guy, where you kind of first heard about me, you, um, you guys, but um, that was really where it kicked off for me. And then eventually, um, Wilf asked me to come on Brainbuster. I was a part of another network, which I won't get into right now. Um, I was, and it was, uh, it would, that's where it really started. I, I noticed that I'm like, cause it still blows my mind to this day that, you know, people ask me to come on this show or come on reverb or actually listen. But that's where it kind of started for me was, was Wilf and, um, him just kind of taking a chance. I guess he's taken a chance mm-hmm. on all of us. I guess that's where we all can meet in the middle is that Will's taken a chance when he did not have to. He approached us and was like, hey, I want you a part of this. Conrad, um, what would you say your... Have you noticed a difference with your stuff? Because you do a lot more than just a podcast. You do stuff on, on YouTube and you have other other ventures. Did you Do you feel like there's more of traction with your stuff now that you're on Brain Buster? Or was it more just Brain Buster added to it? Um, Brain Buster is very weird. See, a lot of people give credit. See, I felt like the night where a lot of things changed for me was I don't even remember how Foul and I knew each other. It had to be from like a, a retweet train or something. Yeah. Foul needed a guest one night and he had Omega Luke, Wilfred, um, himself and me. And I was like, oh, I'm familiar with those other two guys. I follow them as well. They follow me. I've seen Omega Luke, uh, Wilfred. And, you know, you kind of, like, listen to people's stuff, but you are you don't listen to it every single week. But I'm like, yeah, I know who they are. And we went in there, and we were talking about NXT UK TakeOver. And we went in there, and it was such a good show. It flowed so well. Um, I felt like maybe even at first they didn't know how to take me. Because I'm very quiet, and I don't like to speak a lot. When you first meet me, there's, like, kind of a, a front up at first. But once you get to know me, it's like, oh, okay, he's actually a good dude. He's pretty cool. But once I started talking to Foul, Wilf, Luke, I was like, yeah, these guys are really cool. And 
it just everything just spiraled into great stuff like i started talking to you more i started talking to queen and it just started working out and i when wolf was first looking for people for brain buster i don't know if he knew how badly i felt like i needed that because at the time my podcast numbers were down my youtube numbers sucked and i'm like should i quit doing this like am, is it me you go through these things in your head like do i suck at this do people just not like me what what makes this person better than me and i'm sitting there racking my brain thinking about stuff too hard i'm like what if we all came together and i could be a part of this and i was hoping i was in the first round as you guys know i wasn't part of the very first grouping for it i was just like okay but when i get down on stuff too i use it as motivation yeah quick little side story one time i lost my keys um, I tackled my wife in the snow. This is, I think, before we were even married, and my keys fell out of my pocket. And it was a big blizzard in Buffalo. Yeah, that's right, Wolf. Blizzard, snow. And uh, the keys <laughs> fell in there, right? Big piles of snow. So for two days while I was off, I spent the entire time looking for my keys. And my dad's just like, why don't you just go and get keys made? You don't have to keep looking for them. And I'll never forget, he was right in front of me. And I said, I'm going to find these freaking keys. And I'm digging right where I tackled her. I'm like, they got to be in this area somewhere. He was like, just give it up. One shot with the shovel. Throw everything up in the air. I couldn't find it. Two shots with the shovel. He was like, if you don't find it in like 10 minutes, we're going to just go and get you another key. And I'm like, I'm not going. And then with the third shot of the shovel, I'll never forget the keys popped up in the air. I snatched them out the air. And I was like, that's why you never give up. And he just looked at me and was like, this kid never gives up on anything. You're so freaking stupid sometimes, but it's a good trait to have, I guess, because he said I would have gave up. And when I didn't get into Brain Buster Radio, I decided that I'm going to show people why I should be part of Brain Buster Radio. Not complain about it, not beg for a chance to do it. I went out there and I was like, I'm just going to grind even harder, make things happen. And I ended up on a Twitch stream with uh, Marty the Moth Casaus. And I felt that's where things started to turn for me as well again. I got on there with Marty the Moth Martinez from Lucha Underground, one of my favorite characters on there. He's a big video game fan. We were talking about Mortal Kombat and some other game. And I was like, Marty, I'm a big fan. I have a podcast. Do you want to come on? He said, sure. So for weeks, I'm chasing him down on Instagram. He was like, send me a message. I sent him one. No response for a week. Send him another one. No response for a week. And I'm like, hey, what happened to you coming on the podcast? The next time I see him going live, he said, I got you, bro. You let me know when. And I was like, okay. And then one day he just messaged me out the blue. And I was like, yeah, just let me know when you're available. He's like, you available right now? Bloop. I was like, yep. (laughs) Cleared out everything I had planned to do for that day. And I'm like, let's do it. Me and him ended up talking for hours. And uh, we became really good friends. Martin is a very cool dude. Um... We talked about lifestyles, different things like that. Things worked out. I was feeling really happy. A couple weeks later, Wolf came up to me, and Brain Buster Radio started to take off. And he was like, I want you part of the launch. And I was like, holy crap, it actually happened. And I did not think it was going to happen. I was like, that's really dope, because I felt like in my heart I needed it. I needed some validation. And once I heard the people who were a part of it, because I knew beforehand who was going to be a part of it. I was like, I feel like I belong with that group. Like I have something that matches their passion. So I was happy to be with you guys, like very joyful. Um, And I'm still happy to this day that I had the opportunity to do it with you guys. And to go back to what you said about the YouTube thing, 
it's so weird now how many people tune in every time I go live. Yeah. Like there's a certain group now that just shows up. And I think you've been in there before. The other day, I so I do threads every week in my Facebook group. And this is just where people could talk about the show, whatever, yeah. interact with each other. These guys got mad that I was not doing a SmackDown review again. They were like, dude, it's been two weeks. Where's your SmackDown review? And I'm like, guys, I would rather record for the podcast for Wednesday than do another review. Because I don't want to be negative all the time on the reviews for WWE. Yeah. Because that's what it's yeah. going to turn into, and I know it. But that Monday Night Raw review, they will not let me give it up. The one night on the feed, I swear, I was like, guys, I think I'm going to stop doing the Monday Night Raw reviews. Uh, after WrestleMania, and they're like, no, 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 no. We need your reviews. You have to do the reviews. And I'm like, why? And then one person put, so I don't, so I can know whether I need to watch that stupid show or not. And I'm like, oh, that's <laughs> great. Punish me. But it's so weird. They just like the interaction with each yeah. other and being mentioned. And I think there's a lot of people in the wrestling community whose voices aren't mentioned. Hence why they love Queen Show. Queen Show promotes fan interaction, and yes. I think they love that the most. Um, it, it's just a good thing to be a part of the wrestling community. There's so many wrestling fans all over that slowly, I think people are starting now to gravitate towards brain buster radio. And yeah. I think that my brand was okay, but I think as a collective unit, we could do bigger things. Cause I learn stuff from each and every one of you every day. Uh, queen has taught me things. I've learned stuff from you, Josh, about Twitch and other stuff in private messages that we've talked about. JPQ has taught me stuff. Uh, headlock talk even just talking to him recently uh, good stuff with both of them actually and you just learn from people and i love it yeah it is it is very much like that and i feel like i learn see i'm always in i don't know about you guys but it, it's just the person that i am is that I always think when i got asked for brainbuster radio and as we've kind of grown into this we are like a family um I always think, man, I'm just not, like, it is, everyone's going to do it no matter how many times you say, don't think like this. Sometimes I'm like, I don't belong in this collective. I'm not up to par with everybody else. And I've had that thought many, many times and, you know, whatever it may be. I think everyone thinks that at some point. I'm sure you have Conrad. I'm sure you have Queen. At some point you've gone, I just don't think that I'm good enough for this mm -hmm. this group. But yep. I think what you guys have taught me most is to take chances because in podcasting, there's so many wrestling podcasts, like any, literally anybody can do a podcast in theory. Anyone can do it. You just need a microphone and you need a computer. You don't even really need a computer. You could probably do it all off your phone. But it, it, I think with you guys, with, with Wilf, with you, Queen, Conrad and everyone else is that. Taking chances is, is something that you can do with podcasting, whether it's in relation to the show, branching out and doing other things, um, online, the online presence that you have is probably bigger than we'll ever actually think. Because essentially anything that you put online, anyone in the entire world can see. Anyone can. And I don't think even we think that at points. We're like, well, no one's going to see this. I think that's where we're still in that mindset um, Queen, you have, you are very interactive with everybody in the wrestling community, whether it be on Twitter <laughs> or through your podcast. Um, you are that person that, you know, if you tweet something out, you're going to get some interaction and you're always interacting with everybody. That's what I like adore about you the most is that you're very interactive with people. Um, do you find yourself, do you value that and do you really 
aspire to just keep growing that interaction. Yeah. You know, what's the point if no one's going to listen? Yeah. <laughs> what's the point if no one's going to talk about it with you? I mean, I could do this. So I could just turn off the podcast, and not do it, and watch wrestling by myself. Why is that fun? That's not fun. Yeah. Wrestling's <laughs> more love... fun with other people. <laughs> it is more fun with other people. And not to say that I can't enjoy it by myself, but I find myself watching, especially in the last, you know, six plus months, I find myself watching something and I want to message you guys. I want to be like, yo, did you see this? Yeah. Can you believe that this happened or didn't happen? You know? And I and it's not just you guys. I want to ask people. You know, I this is a a gift to be able to do what we do and share what we share. And I feel so humbled that anybody wants to listen to what I have to say. A, but B would take the time out of their day to interact with me. Yeah, it's the least I can do to respond if I can, and if I can, I will. Yeah, you know, this is a gift that fell in my lap. Really, that's how I feel. It fell in my lap and I took the opportunity. Um, And I'd love to give that back, which is why Queen's Court is what it is. And I hope to grow that even more. You know, there's 10 episodes in. I'm taking it easy. We're going slow and building towards my ultimate goal. But the interactive part of my show is going to increase. That's my plan. Um, It's starting with the questions. It's starting with having on people that you know, I've met through Twitter that interact with me, that listen to the show, and it's uh, it's onwards and upwards from here. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it is a it's a I just have fallen in love with all of it. Everything <laughs> I just have, it is really yeah. just a very fun thing to do. It I is. look forward to talking with people and, and recording a podcast, and you know, yep. branching out because I would have never have tried this show six months ago. It just I wouldn't yep. have the confidence to do so. And it's just, it is just a, a sense of, there is a sense, humbleness is the best word to kind of use is because I'm very humbled that people take the time to want to talk to me that just interact with me on Twitter or listen to the show or, or whatever it may mm-hmm. be. I think that's across the board with all of us is that we're very just lucky. <laughs> we're very lucky to have people listen to us and stuff like that. Um, as we're kind of winding down here, Conrad, as you move forward, it's, it's, it's probably pretty hard to just say exactly, but what's your ultimate goal out of having this online presence and, and continuing podcasting and branching out doing other stuff? What is your goal? Ooh, that is a uh, deep question. Yeah, man. Um, I'm sitting back in my chair right now with the uh, thinking cap on. I feel like my goal is that I've always wanted to work in something that's my passion. You know, they always say, do something that you love and you'll never work a day in your life. I don't know how true that is, but I think it'll make it a lot better. And I enjoy doing podcasting. Yeah. I can give you guys like a little snapshot of my week every week. I'll start from Monday. On Mondays, I go to work. As soon as I come home from work, I go to the gym and meet with my personal trainer. From meeting with the personal trainer, at some point, I had to figure out how to do my layout for Raw so I could do my YouTube review later, post a thread in my group, all this while either working or the night before if I get lucky and they have the pictures up, and I do that. Tuesday. Tuesday, I have to prepare for Wednesday's podcast just for my regular everything pro wrestling stuff. Sometimes I try to do a SmackDown review alongside with it. So SmackDown review, 
podcast on Wednesday has to come out. It has to be done by Wednesday because that's my that's always my promise and that's always been my goal is to stay consistent. Thursday's kind of my day off, but then I leave it open for, hey, you need a guest? I got you. You need me to show up? I got you. I can do that. And Friday, between Thursday and Friday, I also have to record for Brain Buster Radio. And God forbid if there's a pay-per-view or multiple pay-per-views, my week is shot. My family probably wonders why is this dude always up there watching wrestling, taking notes, going crazy over all of this stuff. And that's just what my week is. And eventually, I just want to be a name that's respected within the wrestling community that people just know as, you know what? Go listen to that Everything Pro Wrestling or Brain Buster Radio group. These guys know what they're talking about. They are all excellent, and Conrad Cushman is probably the best source to go to if you want to know about pro wrestling. The dude is always consistent, he's always there, and he's someone you can count on. And I hope to get like interviews out of it and such. I mean, I don't consider it my main source of income. I want it to be like a secondary source of income, something that I, I already devote my time to it, even if I wasn't making money, so why not make some cash flow on the side with it? And that's all secondary right now. I'm not even focused on money. I just want to put out what I'm putting out. Um, but that's the long-term goal is to hopefully make some money off of this and enjoy pro wrestling, meeting pro wrestlers, meeting fans. Um, like you said, here's another weird thing, Josh. I didn't tell people this story either. I was at a ring of honor show. I was walking by and I had on, um, a, a wrestling shirt. I went to go to like one of the concession stands and somebody, when I was walking by says, Hey, you're that everything pro wrestling guy. And I'm like, huh? And they're like, yeah, yeah, I've seen your videos in uh, this Facebook group. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool, man. Hey, my uh, dad runs a show, and he runs it on a television locally here, and he wants you to come on and talk wrestling with us. And I was like, huh? I'm like, you guys are joking, right? And they were like, no, I want you to show up. Uh, we stream it on Facebook Live, blah, blah, blah. And a bunch of people saw me on this show. Uh, I had on my Everything Pro Wrestling gear, and it felt so surreal to meet people, and they're like, you're the everything pro wrestling guy. And I was just like, no one has ever said that to me before. I'm like, call me Conrad. People know me as CJ, the everything pro wrestling guy. So it felt so weird. And then the last Ring of Honor show I went to, I had on my EPFNW shirt, which you guys could buy at the link tree on Twitter. Um, and when I was there, the newspaper took pictures of me and everybody around me because they we, they were like, you guys have on some of the coolest wrestling shirts. They're like, open up your hoodies and stuff and let us take a picture of you guys. And I was just like, whoa, whoa, I can't believe that this is happening right now from a shirt that was a design that we just thought of. Like, oh, this will look really cool if we do this and people can see it now. So I don't know. I just want to be a wrestling fan that people respect and can make happy and hopefully have a little income from it. That's about it. Yeah, no, I get that. Queen, your ultimate goal with this, what would it look like now? What would you say is really the outlook for you? Um, Pops <laughs> lovingly refers to me as hashtag Lady Connie for Lady Conrad, <laughs> as oh. in Conrad Thompson. <laughs> um, he all he says to me is, Jesus, you're everywhere. You're just like Conrad. <laughs> so his nickname for me is Lady Connie. And uh, that's my goal. I want to be everywhere. I, that's that's I don't know how to concretely say that other than that, like uh, not concretely. That is concrete. Uh, more uh, <laughs> in detail, say that I uh, I want to grow Queen's Court. 
I want to be somebody that shows other female wrestling fans. It's cool, baby. Come on, start talking. There's a lot of shit we have to say. Don't hide behind anything anymore. If you want to talk, let's talk. Come on my show, start your own. Let's do it. That's what that's one thing I want to do. Another thing I want to do is I want Brain Buster to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. I want people to come in like Bray Wyatt says, let me in. Let us in. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. You won't be able to probably listen to all of us. That's cool. You may not want to. That's cool, too. But I guarantee you, out of the nine of us that are on here, you're going to find somebody that you're going to like. You're going to find someone that you're going to relate to. Or you'll find something fun and interesting and different from so many different people's perspectives. Every single day in this collective is a new fresh, different perspective on wrestling. There's nothing like us out there. There just isn't. And I'm not trying to brag. I'm not trying to boast. I'm not trying to be arrogant. I'm just stating facts. These people that I'm with on this collective, including Josh and Conrad, are some of the most intelligent, kind, giving, fucking smart wrestling fans. I learn, and you know, Conrad, you said this before. You know, I learn something from y'all all the time. But you know, that you guys teach me things, and there's a lot of stuff about wrestling I don't know, and I learn a lot from you guys, and I learn a lot from Pops and Morton on DYWTSB. If you're a wrestling fan and you want to learn more about wrestling, come holler at us. I promise you, one of us <laughs> will teach you something. One of us will inspire you to watch something that you may not have watched before. One of us will be like, you listen to it and be like, what the hell did they just say? What is that? You know, that's what's so cool about being here. And that's why I want it to be everywhere. I'm fully committed on that because I think it deserves to be. I don't say deserve a lot. And I think it deserves to be in more ear holes, you know? Yeah. Um, as far as Queen's Court, I, I just want it to be bigger. You know, I'm, I'm a very ambitious person. But I'm also a very planned person. I'm super, super organized. You guys have seen my notes. But that's not, <laughs> that's not even the half of it. That's not even the half of it. You should see my calendars. So that's just what I do. So while I'm very ambitious and have big dreams, I'm very, uh, you know, okay, how am I going to achieve that? And I need help. <laughs> I'm not saying I got to figure it out. <laughs> I need help. But I have a, I have a plan, right? And I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. Uh, but th- those those would be the things that would I would say would be my goal on the spot. Uh, I'm sure I could say that more eloquently yeah. a different way <laughs> if I had time to think about it. But I think that's pretty good. That's not no, bad. That, that is. I'm very much um, on the same page. I want Brainbuster to be just everywhere. I, I, I believe in – I only put time and effort in to things that I really think that I believe in. And I've always been like that. That's not a knock on anything that I just – I'm always one, I'm a hard worker, but for only things that I, that I truly believe in and I love. And, and I think with, you know, it's, it's easy to say, you know, all these people know what they're talking about when it comes to wrestling. I learn a lot from you guys when it comes to wrestling, but I just think you guys are all just really good people. And I think that just shows through in anything, no matter what you're talking about. If you're a good person, it, it shows through. Like, I learn a lot from you just as I'm, hey, I'm like a baby of the group. 
Me and Kevin are the babies. We're, we're, we're kids, basically. And I've got a lot to learn in life and a lot of life to live. And I just learn from you guys more than I do with people around me. In, 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 I'm all the way across the world. And I learn more from you guys than I do, you know, just with people that I live close to. So I just think, um, you know, I've, I'm, uh, from my perspective, this is an opportunity that... Um, at my age, I just want to really embrace and do the best I can at, because I got a lot to learn and a, a lot to lot to do. But it's effort that I want to put in, and I've never really felt that way about anything. I want this to be as, for me personally, I want this to be the best it can be, just in terms of my own stuff and just the stuff that I'm kind of. I want that. I want more of this, and I'm willing to work for it. And I think that's important because. Nothing in life can be done without hard work, in my opinion, right. anyway. So I just want this to be as fun and as just loving as it can be because it's just, it's just fun. I love having fun. It doesn't feel like work to me when it's fun. And I think we can all kind right. of agree on that. It is, it's, sure. it's, just, it's just fun to do. But um, overall, we've had quite the chat on a, on a lot of things um, on this episode <laughs> of Diving In. Um, all in all, um, how do you feel about, just as we kind of wind down, Conrad, I'll start with you, the online world in general overall, yay or nay? Do you, do you love it? Do you hate it? Is it just something that you want to be, there's a lot of negativity in it and we know that, but all in all, do you really just enjoy your online presence? Are you talking about myself personally? Just you in the, in the, in just how you view it now. Do you, do you feel like you love it? Um, it's a, it's a mixed bag. I feel like um, you you still get both worlds of it. So the way I feel is this: in life, there's always the yin and the yang to everything. There's good and bad. You just have to find it, or how someone could use it for evil, or how someone can use it for good. Um, as far as online goes, I've seen messages to where I've had friends fighting in groups or online that it's just like, oh, man, that pains me to see that. And if I was there physically, I'd be able to stop it. But I'm not there. And if they're battling online using words to hurt each other, I can't stop it. And it's kind of a a crappy situation to be in. But on the other hand, uh, I saw a message on Twitter earlier. I can't remember who wrote it. He wrote it to all of us, I think, in a group, and the guy said, like, oh, man, I'm behind a little bit, and I can't wait to catch up on these or something like that in regards to all of our podcasts. I don't know which podcast the guy listens to, but it kind of made me feel good that someone's listening to all of us. And I was like, oh, that's really cool that this dude's like, yeah, I'm a little behind. I got to catch up and listen to some of these. And I was just like, oh, that's that's super dope. Um, So when I look at the yin and the yang of online, I think that. I like to see things for the good. So I'm happy with what online has given us. Um, I think it's all in how you use it yourself. And I use it for good. Um, I never try to cut anybody down on social media. Even if you disagree with me in a disrespectful way, I still try to kind of put you in your place, but with respect. Like, well, dude, I get what you're saying, but I don't agree with you. And here's why. Boop, 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 boop. And I try to come with logic and facts because I don't want to make anybody mad. I'm not here to argue with anybody. Um, I want to use this to promote things. Um, I want people to get, like you said, we're in wrestling. 
wrestling t-shirts for free. I want you to be able to watch a product, meet a fan at a show, or meet a wrestler at a show because of interacting with us online. I want good things to happen from it. And that's my ultimate goal when I'm online. Yeah, and Queen, what about for you? Do you just, in your world, are you loving the online world? Or what's your take on it now that you're kind of immersed in this wrestling world? I like where I'm at right now. Um, I feel good about the social medias that I do have, which are very limited. Yeah. Um, and in terms of Twitter, I'm very pleased with how things have progressed and where I'm at right now from January till June for that time period. Um, I'm thrilled with the people that I've met. There's a lot of negativity, but that's why there's a mute button. Yeah. That's why there's a block button. Um, you know, I don't I don't have to have that in my view if I don't want to. Um, not to say that I won't, you know, put my foot down if it needs to get put down. But I, I, I'm not here for that. I don't need to be here for that. If I get negativity thrown my way, I try to rise above. Um, I do the best I can with that. You know, very like Conrad, uh, you know, I'll, I'll put you in your place, but I'm not going to be a total bitch about it. I'm just going to be like, yo, like cool i don't know why you're calling me names right now but i i don't get it <laughs> yeah we're disagreeing and it's not the end of the world you know you got to relax a little bit um so i try to take that approach or i just don't engage i i don't feed monsters you know don't feed the I trolls don't feed that. I, I don't i know i don't i don't feed the trolls i don't they don't need to be fed by me they can be <laughs> fed by other people uh I, i'd rather just be like yo keep it moving um but i i will say that if i do need to say something i will and it'll be, you know, nice, respectful, and and short and sweet. Yeah. And uh, but overall, no, I'm I'm really enjoying what we have here, um, and what I've built in the last six months. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I'm the same. I I kind of love where we're at. I don't know how to deal with trolls, so I just don't. <laughs> I'm yeah. not very good with that. Um, but you know, you you know how I am. I'm very much a fairly positive person on Twitter. I like to be like that, and that's the way I kind of approach it I guess is that I like to be a little bit of a laugh I don't mind listen I don't mind making a fool of myself as long as I get a laugh because I think it's cliche but laughter is the best medicine in this world and I just like to I like to promote that as much as I can and just be a total moron online because it's fun <laughs> but that's how I am you're the best Joshy. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to thank you guys both for taking the time to chat about the weird world that we live in um, on this episode of Diving In. And I just truly appreciate the time that you've um, you've given to talk today. So thank you both. Um, this is Queen's second time. It'll probably be the second of many, many, many times. And Conrad, <laughs> we need to have a chat about video games at some point because I think we could go hours on that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we could probably talk. I'm into so much stuff, dude. You know me. Yeah. I'm I'm exactly the same. So um, <laughs> that'll kind of do us for today. I, I appreciate you guys, and thank you to everyone listening. Please rate this podcast five stars on iTunes. You can catch this wherever you kind of listen to it on now. It's pretty much everywhere. We're finally, Diving In is finally on Spotify, so round of applause for that. Finally, Spotify Yay. accepted Diving Ooh, In. Whoop. So thank you, Spotify, um, for taking your dang time to get Diving In on your platform. <laughs> <laughs> But thank you, everyone, and we'll see you guys next time on Diving In. Peace out. I want to 
want to thank Queen and Conrad for coming on this week's Diving In. We we had a nice, beautiful chat about the online world. It is a weird place, but there is a lot of good in it, and, and none of this would have happened if it wasn't for the internet, if it wasn't for social media. There'd be none of this, and I just appreciate Conrad and Queen taking the time to talk with me today, and it was just really, 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 really fun. Um, I, I really enjoyed doing this, and again, Conrad and me are going to have a chat soon about some video games, a little more light-hearted stuff, um, but we will do that soon. Queen will be back on, I'm sure, many, many times here on Diving In. I love talking to my Brain Buster family members. I love talking to anyone in the wrestling community. If you are looking for a space to talk about something other than wrestling, uh, please, DM me, tweet me. I'm always down to talk. As long as you're respectful and you like to have a little bit of fun, you are welcome on diving in. If you want to talk some wrestling, please DM me as well about Wrestling Reverb. Um, I'm always looking for guests. Kevin and I are always looking for people to talk to. So please hit me up, hit Kevin up, hit Brainbuster Radio up, um, and just chat with me. I'm always down. But thank you for listening to this week's Diving In. We'll catch you guys next Tuesday for more Diving In with Josh.